Last Sunday, we started a new series here at Faith Bible Church that goes for nine weeks that we've entitled Navigating Life, Knowing God's Will. And we started out with a very foundational principle, a, a bedrock principle upon which we are going to base the rest of our series. And that principle is stated this way. Our responsibility in navigating life is to make sure that our decisions fall within the boundaries of the law of Christ. Another way of saying that would be that our responsibility is to stay within the fences of God's revealed will. As we find it in the commands and the principles of the New Testament scriptures. That is our responsibility. And when we are living our lives within the fences, when we are being obedient to what God has revealed to us, In his word, we do not have to worry about missing God's will for our lives. So our first principle, principle number one, is make sure our decisions fall within the boundaries of God's revealed will. Today we're going to look at a second principle. A foundational principle. It's it's very easy for us to, when we talk about this subject of knowing God's will, to want to immediately answer questions about specifics. What should I do for my vocation? What should I, uh, where should I live? What house should I buy? And those are all real questions that, that all of us face at times throughout our lives. But Before we get to answering and looking at how to answer those questions, it's critical for us to lay the foundation which the scripture lays on how to know God's will. And the first foundational principle we stated, Make sure our decisions fall within the boundaries of God's revealed will. The second principle that we're going to look at today is this. God's will is that every Christian be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk by the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk by the Holy Spirit today. But both of these foundational principles go hand in hand. In other words, we cannot actually live within the boundaries of God's Word apart from the Holy Spirit enabling us to do it. We can't walk in obedience within the fences of God's revealed will without the Holy Spirit's filling and controlling us. Likewise, 
We cannot be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit apart from knowing God's revealed will. So the two go hand in hand. Foundational principle number one. Make sure our decisions fall within the boundaries of God's revealed will. Foundational principle number two. God's will is that every Christian be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk by the Holy Spirit. In May of 1988, my wife Barbara and I packed up a rider truck and we moved from 1106 North Washington Street in Dallas, Texas, right near downtown Dallas, right by Baylor Hospital, to rural North Dakota. We had our rider truck. Barbara and I drove the truck, and my in-laws, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, followed behind us in the car. We drove for a few hours, and uh, we pulled into a gas station. And my father-in-law proceeded to get to the gas pump, and reached down and took off the gas cap and immediately mildly corrected me. Steve, you did not get this gas cap on tight enough and you almost lost it. You have to make sure that you get this gas cap on tight. So I filled up the truck, I put on the gas cap and we headed down the road. We get to the next gas station. My father-in-law quickly exits his vehicle, comes to the truck, reaches down for the gas cap, and I immediately hear, Steve, you put this gas cap on too tight. I can barely get it off. Isn't it hard for us to find moderation? And in the recent history of evangelical churches, churches that believe that this is God's word and churches that believe that salvation is by Jesus Christ alone, that the only way that we can be right with God is through faith in the person of Jesus Christ, that he is God, that he died on the cross and rose again. Amongst churches like ours, there have been huge pendulum swings when it comes to talking about the Holy Spirit. At times, the pendulum has swung clear over to where churches almost elevate the Spirit of God above the person of Jesus Christ, almost worshiping the Holy Spirit over Jesus, and desperately seeking the Spirit of God to display acts of mighty power so that the world would somehow believe that God is true. But then the pendulum swings really far the other way so that the Spirit of God is almost viewed in a mechanical way and that Christians are almost fearful of even proclaiming that we desperately need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life for fear that we may be somehow connected with the pendulum swing clear over here that elevates the Spirit over Jesus. Well, today we're going to talk about the Spirit of God, and hopefully the Scriptures themselves will bring moderation to us 
But the scriptures are very clear that we desperately need the Spirit of God to be in control in our lives. Now, we're talking about knowing God's will. And we're quickly going to say that this concept of being filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit is God's will for your life and my life. It is a foundational principle. This is bedrock truth. We really can't think about trying to make those decisions that are within the fences of God's revealed will, those decisions like, what should I do for my vocation? Where should I live? Should I buy this house or that house? Should I marry this person or remain single? All those decisions that are so difficult for us, we really can't even start to talk about those apart from these two foundational truths. And today, the foundational truth That God's will is for every Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk by means of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I invite you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5 we're going to see that God's will is clearly for Christians to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. If you remember with me, the book of Ephesians is really split into two halves. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are doctrine. They talk about who we are in Christ. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 apply that doctrine. It's almost like, this is who we are in Christ, so now live this way. And the Apostle Paul uses a little word marker to bring us into new subjects. And that little word marker is simply these two words, therefore, walk. We see it in chapter 4, verse 1. I'll read it. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. So in chapter 4, verse 1, and the verses following, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, walk in unity. In chapter 4, verse 17, he says, Therefore, walk in holiness. In chapter 5, verse 7, he says, Therefore, walk in the light. And now today, as we come to verses 18 through 21, we see in verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Walk in wisdom. Now notice verse uh, verse 16, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what we're talking about, right? Knowing God's will. Here the Apostle Paul clearly says we need to understand the will of the Lord. And he's going to tell us that will starting in verse 18. In a sense, right here, Paul is clearly laying down a fence. He's clearly commanding us, as New Testament Christians, do this. Well, what is the command? Verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, dissipation, we don't 
use that word very much. I don't use it in everyday language very much. Some of your Bibles may translate that word debauchery. We don't use that word very much either. It's talking about an extreme indulgence in our sensual desires. And here the Apostle Paul is saying, don't let alcohol control you. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And a good way to understand verse 18 is by using the word control. What Paul is saying is that don't let wine control you. Let the Spirit of God control you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. How do I know if I'm God's in God's will? We stay within the fences. Here's a fence. I'm commanded. You are commanded as a follower of Jesus Christ to be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Another way of saying that is controlled by the Spirit of God. Now the interesting thing is that the New Testament does not specifically tell us here how to do that. But it does give us results of what it looks like when the Spirit of God is filling us. The concept of the filling of the Holy Spirit is used 13 times in the New Testament... This is the only time where it's a command. I'm going to read just a few verses where the idea of the filling of the Spirit is is in the New Testament for us. I'm just going to read them in quick succession. You don't have to turn necessarily, but just listen. And listen for the result of what happens when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 1. Verses 41 through 42, and then jump down to 67 and 68. Luke 1, starting in verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Then down in verse 67, his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. If we go to the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, we read this. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. And he started addressing these elders and rulers and scribes. And down in verse 12, we see part of what he said. There's salvation and no one else. For there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And then in chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So we see that the filling of the Spirit here results in boldness, in in talking about Jesus. And we see right here in Ephesians 5 that Paul lists for us some of the results of the filling or control of the Spirit of God. If you look with me in verse 19, he starts listing some results. 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Here Paul's showing us these results of the filling or control of the Holy Spirit. And some of those results are joy and thankfulness and yielding to each other. Meaning brothers and sisters in Christ, putting another brother or sister in Christ in a position of greater importance than me or you. So the Apostle Paul tells us, commands us, don't be controlled by wine, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So, if he tells us, gives us this command, and show us some of the results, how do I do it? How am I filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit? I want to just briefly address that. First principle in asking, how am I filled with the Holy Spirit, is to note that every Christian has the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. At the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, at the moment I put my faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he is gone, that he died for my sin, for your sin, and rose again, and we put our trust in him, at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes into our life. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that when the Spirit comes into our life, it's like a seal on us. Ephesians 1, 13 says... In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. When I was in college, I worked on the truck docks. I worked at this huge warehouse and my job was to unload semis. When a semi would come into the dock, I would get the paperwork from the driver, and I'd go to the back of that trailer, and there'd be a little aluminum band around the, around the, the, the door latch of that semi trailer. And on that little aluminum band would be a number, a long number, usually a combination of numbers and letters. And I would take out the paperwork and make sure that the numbers and letters on that paperwork match that aluminum band. And if they did, I could be assured that no one had tampered with that load. That from the time it was sealed, it stayed sealed, and it was brought to its final delivery point untouched. And that's kind of what Paul is saying here. At the moment I put my trust in the person of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes into my life, comes into your life, and seals us. He is our guarantee that I will always be God's child. There's nothing that I can do to not be God's child. And He's going to bring me to my final destination, life with Him as a changed, transformed person in a new body forever. So every Christian has the Holy Spirit 
dwelling inside of us. The book of Romans and the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, these words. However, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So if a person doesn't have the Holy Spirit, they're not a Christian. If you are a Christian, that you put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ, you can be assured the Holy Spirit dwells in you, lives in you. And it's hard for us to grasp that, but that's what the Scriptures teaches, teaches that God actually takes up resonance in your life and my life in the person of the Spirit of God. So every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but every Christian is not always filled with the Holy Spirit. Controlled by the Spirit. Why? Because it's possible for us as Christians, even though the Spirit of God dwells in us and lives in us, it's possible for us to not allow the Spirit to control us. That's why the Apostle Paul gives us this command to let the Spirit of God be in control. To be filled with the Spirit. So we're asking the question, how am I filled with the Spirit? Principle number one, every Christian has the Spirit of God dwelling within. Principle number two, we have to confess our sin. It's vital in the Spirit being able to control us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Those are like, uh, literally that word there sometimes is used to refer to something being rotten. Like rotten fish. If you've ever been there around dead fish up on a bank, they rotten. And Paul says, don't use rotten, stinky words. Look at verse 30. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. When we allow sin to take root in our life and we don't confess it, we grieve the Spirit of God. First John tells us every Christian still sins. John says, if you say that you have no sin, you're a liar. Even, and he's talking to Christians. So all of us sin. But John also goes on to say, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what happened when I am a Christian. Here's what happens when I sin. It's like I kink up the Holy Spirit's ability to control me. I've shared this account with you many times. But when I was a kid, we lived out in the country. I have an older brother, two younger sisters. And my younger sisters didn't do much. I wish they were here to hear me say that. Us boys did the work. But once in a while, my dad would make my sisters work. Even outside. And my favorite when, when, was when dad made the girls wash the car. And what I would do is I'd go around the side of the house. And as they were washing the car, I'd grab the hose and I'd kink it up like this. And every time I, they always fell for this. Every time I would do it, the girls would take the hose and go like this and look into it. And as soon as they look into it, then you unkink it and it shoots water in their face. It's really fun. So I encourage you, you know, if you want to have some fun with your spouse, if you want to have fun with your siblings, kick up the hose. It's really fun. Well, that's what happens when we sin. 
The Spirit of God doesn't leave our life. But we kink up the Spirit of God's ability to, to work in and through us. We kink up the Spirit of God's ability to control us. So we're asking, how am I filled with the Spirit? Principle number one, each and every one of us have the indwelling Spirit of God. Principle number two, we have to confess our sin. Principle number three, we have to apply Scripture to our lives. In other words, if you're reading your Bible, or maybe you're in a Bible study, or maybe you're in church on Sunday morning, and there's a passage of Scripture, there's a verse in the Bible, and it just strikes you to the core of your being. You say, you know what, I'm not doing that. We're faced with a choice. We can either align our life with the Scripture, or we can push the Scripture away. And when we push the Scripture away, we are kinking up the Spirit's ability to control us. Now the reason why I'm saying it's vital for us to apply Scripture to our lives in order to be filled with the Spirit is because of Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Remember here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, don't be controlled by wine, be controlled by the Spirit of God. And then, starting in verse 19, he talks about the results of being controlled by the Spirit of God. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now look at Colossians 3. And if you go to Colossians 3, verse 16... The Apostle Paul, instead of saying, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Then look at the results. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks for him to God the Father. The, The lists are parallel. In other words... Being filled with the Holy Spirit and letting the word of Christ richly dwell within you are interdependent. The Spirit of God uses the word of God to direct us. If I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I have to be responsive to the word of God. If I push the word of God away, I cannot be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So we've looked at two bedrock principles, foundational principles in answering our question, how do I navigate life? Principle number one is I have to make sure that my decisions fit within the boundaries of God's word. I have to live within the fences of what God has revealed in the New Testament by principle and by command. Principle number two, foundational principle number two, is that God's will is for every Christian to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Foundational principles, bedrock principles, but sometimes we overlook them. We just simply want to jump and say, God, what should I do now? And we forget the vital importance 
of living within the fences of God's word and allowing the spirit of God to control us. Since 2013, my wife Barbara and I have tried, whenever we have the opportunity, to spend a little time on the Appalachian Trail. It's always kind of been on my bucket list to be a through walker, to do the whole thing in like seven months. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Even the people who actually set out to do it and actually start it, only three out of 20 ever make it because... They always start saying, why am I doing this? (laughs) So I have to lower my bar. But one thing that we've decided to do is whenever we're in the area where the AT comes through, we try to hike it a little bit. So the first time we had an opportunity, we were in New Hampshire. And we researched. We found where the AT comes through. We parked our car. We said, let's hike I went and we found the sign. It says Appalachian Trail. Great. Where is it? We could uh, we were disoriented. We we were walking. Here's a sign. Where's the trail? And we walked down this path for a while looking for the Appalachian Trail. I think we expected more. We were on it. And we didn't even realize we were on the Appalachian Trail. Now we've done it six, seven times, and we kind of know what to expect. You know, it's easy for us to overlook what's right in front of us. And what's right in front of us in answering this question on how should I navigate life are these two foundational principles We are called to live our lives within the fences of God's revealed will as we find it in the principles and commands of the New Testament. And we are called to live our lives by being controlled or filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I want us to look at one more aspect of this briefly in Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians 5, verses 16 through 23, I want us to note two additional aspects of this concept of being filled with the Spirit. The first is this, is that God's will is for Christians to live out their faith daily walking by the Spirit. Daily being filled with the Spirit. In other words... It's not okay to say, okay, I think what I'm going to do is on the first Tuesday of every month, I'm going to walk by the Spirit. First Tuesday of every month, I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to control me. The rest of the month, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's not okay. And Paul brings that out in these verses that this idea of being controlled by the Spirit, being filled by the Spirit, is to be continual. He uses the phrase here in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 to walk by means of the Spirit. Meaning live out our lives by means of the Spirit. Here's what the verse says. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. It's interesting, the way the word that's translated walk by the Spirit is constructed, it carries the idea of continually walking. We are to continually 
live under the control of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, Paul actually takes two little words and stacks them next to each other and says, if we are walking by means of the Spirit, there is no way that we will carry out the desire of the flesh. The flesh is that part of us that wants to push against God. Some people call it the sin nature. And we know a little bit later here in these verses that at the moment I put my faith in Jesus, I'm no longer bound to my sin nature. Galatians 2.20 says I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I don't have to obey that bent in me towards sin, but it's still there. In fact, here in Galatians 5 verse 17, there's this opposition that's going on all the time in the life of a Christian. There's that that bent towards sin. Oh, just do it. And then the Spirit of God who dwells within is convicting us, seeking for us to yield ourselves to His control. So, one thing I want us to see in Galatians 5 is that being controlled by the Holy Spirit is to be continual. The second thing I want us to see is that verses... 19 through 23 give us a very clear way of knowing if I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit or not. Because Paul spells it out. If I'm not being controlled by the Spirit, the only other thing that's controlling me is my flesh. It's either or. There's no middle ground. And Paul says, if the flesh is in control, if my sin nature is in control... This is what your life's going to look like. Verse 19. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Paul says this is not an exhaustive list. So when, my, when the Spirit's not in control, that's what my life looks like. When the Spirit is in control, my life looks more like verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'll never forget when I was in high school, I had this huge anger outburst at home. And my dad called me up to his office. And he sat in his office chair and his desk, and here I am. And he opened up this passage and read it to me. And said, now what did you just do? I said, well, I just got angry. And he said, and what does that show you about who's in control of your life? And then he said, there's no middle ground. Either your sinful flesh is in control or the Spirit of God is in control. And Paul, here in Galatians 5, is making it very clear to us that God's will is not only for us to be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit, but it's for us to be continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Chris, I want you to stand up this morning. Can you stand up for us? This is Pastor Chris Watson. He's our children's pastor and also adult ministries. Look how tall and thin he is. He, I, You can sit down. He, I am so jealous of that guy, and here's why. He can eat and eat and eat, and eat, and eat, and eat, and eat, and he stays looking like that. 
The other day I was so exasperated with him, I just stood outside of his office, I don't know if he heard me or not, and I just said in in an audible voice, I hope your metabolism changes. (laughs) It's just not fair. I used to be able to just eat whenever I wanted, and and if I started putting on a little weight, I could maybe take a day and go for a run and get right back to where I was, but the older I've gotten, I realize that I can't just eat healthy for a day. It just doesn't work anymore. It's like it has to be a continual, and needs to be, a continual lifestyle. And what Paul here is talking about when he's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just, okay, this Tuesday I'm going to walk by the power of the Spirit. I'm going to be controlled by the Spirit today. No, he's calling us to moment by moment, day by day, living under the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Now what if I find that I'm not? First John 1 John 1.9. If I look at these lists and I say, oh man... I know who's in control, and it's not the Spirit of God. We confess our sin. And what I do is I just confess my sins and Father, please fill me now with your Spirit. I desperately need Him in my life to control me. Now next week we are going to start going into the specifics of, so okay, I, if, what if I am living within the fences and, and to the best of my ability I'm trying to yield myself to the Spirit of God and and I'm doing that under God's empowerment, but I still have all these choices I have to make. We're going to start talking about it next week. But I did not want us to miss these two foundational principles. The need to live within the fences of God's revealed will. And God's call, specifically telling us through the Apostle Paul, this is the will of God. That we live under the filling of the Spirit of God, day by day. We're in God's will by being filled with the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, the encouragement that it brings to us. Help us to be men and women and boys and girls who are responsive to it so that we live within the boundaries of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.